I'm Nietzsche. And I'm Kelsey. And welcome to the Intersections of Friendship Podcast. During this episode, Nietzsche and I explore holidays, specifically American-framed holidays, and what they mean to us. I have been thinking recently about the way in which we as society perpetuate certain racist acts, which I think is a a topic of our podcast often, but also oppression and how we sort of lock people into certain roles that they play in society. And, you know, coming up, we're going to be celebrating Memorial Day and um, Juneteenth the following few weeks. And I think about the military often as being defined in these boxes and this, like, whole separate society of people that are Mm-hmm. sort of cat- struggling to find the right words but categorized differently and, and in some ways they're seen as a, these warrior class people who are above everyone else and then in other ways they're seen as less than human because they are agents of the military and they are not actually human in some cases and then we look at Juneteenth and in fact you know Juneteenth is representative of the day that people who were enslaved found out that they were free and they had been free for months and what that meant to be segmented in society and to be treated as just functions of society or functions of a system. And so I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on like how we celebrate Memorial Day and how we celebrate Juneteenth and sort of your feelings and thoughts around those two holidays. Okay. So I mentioned right before we started that one of the things I was going to tell you about Memorial Day, I learned a long time ago. So Memorial Day was actually started by black people, Mm -hmm. right? And it was to celebrate their military, the people who were in the military who were within the black community because they weren't celebrated in their own community, in the military community. And of course it evolved to what it is today. It's, a very popular holiday within black culture and I think it is for that reason although I don't think all of our culture realizes this for that reason and that it, it just kind of trickled down you know through just the historical ranks to be this day of celebration and community Memorial Day is a bigger deal to us than well I know in my family it's a bigger deal to us than July 4th mm-hmm. it's a huge deal and our July 4th of course is Juneteenth now Juneteenth actually is not widely celebrated, which mm-hmm. is interesting. It's not widely known either. You know, because most people don't know about this celebration of freedom that occurred throughout the South. Um, so for background information, slaves were actually freed in April, if I'm not mistaken. People who were enslaved. Right, but uh-huh. you get what I'm saying. Yes, and they needed to go through the harvest, which is why they were not told until June. Right, because they wanted to be able to profit off of them for one more season before mm-hmm. everything was done. And I think that also rolls into why a lot of people have issues with Lincoln when it comes to people who were enslaved because he never really was for them and allowed this time period to happen in order to assist the South with some of its, uh, what was the word they used when they were saying they were going to help the South kind of um, reset itself? The reconstruction era. Yes. 
So that was essentially the start of it to mm-hmm. allow this period of time to happen, even though this bill had been or law had been passed and these people more than deserved to know what was going on and that they could leave. Mm-hmm. They could start their lives and move forward. My thing is, I do want to see Juneteenth as widely celebrated as July 4th. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons, of course. But even beyond that, if we're going to celebrate becoming a country that essentially still did not have everyone free at the time that it became a country, a country that itself was fighting for its freedom but didn't even see the merit in providing freedom to those of us who were enslaved, why wouldn't we put that much effort into that next phase of triumph for America per se? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's a triumph for us. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people don't recognize it. A lot of people don't appreciate that. But I feel like as a country to move forward out of something so horrid, mm-hmm. I think that they deserves a widespread recognition. It's almost like, I kind of wonder why would you celebrate MLK Day, but not Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't know. I. So I remember growing up and how big of a deal it was to get MLK Day widely recognized. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a when it first came into existence. It was when it came into existence. It was before our time, of course, not mm-hmm. too far, but it was before our time. But when I was coming up, it wasn't everyone didn't have this day of celebration or this quote unquote day off or this being an actual holiday that federal and you know state law acknowledged. It was just a day. It was more like, hey, this is what it is. We celebrate him on this day. It's almost like um, President's Day. Is President's Day and GW's birthday the same day? I can't remember. I know it's President's Week and there are multiple birthdays. Yeah, during that week. But you notice how President's Day itself is more of the celebration, but we know about those birthdays that come along with it and whatnot. So my thing was, I appreciate what MLK has done for us. I'm never going to take anything away from that. But the levels of respect and appreciation aren't there and yes things aren't fair but just as hard as his day was fought for and the reason why it's so significant so significant to me in my mind being a michigander i remember john conyers always coming to our mlk events and harping about the fact that all states didn't recognize it all states weren't celebrating all states weren't pushing it forward and i feel as though you were so gung-ho as a group and unit to get his day and i remember that vividly it's interesting not to see this group and unit not pushing for the true acknowledgement of juneteenth mm-hmm. you know we're already slighted about the fact that most people don't think slavery was real Mm-hmm. We're already slighted by the fact that most people downplay slavery in America in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we have to push with now is as we move further and further from that time, both in knowledge and generationally, mm-hmm. is to put things in place that ensure that we never forget. 
And another thing that really bothers me is whenever you bring it up and you talk about it, and I'm going to use another, I'm going to use another day or instance to demonstrate the difference, but not necessarily to compare. People talk about the Holocaust and the first thing you get from others are, oh yeah, never forget. Always remember what mm-hmm. they did to us and did to you and how this travesty happened and how outrageous and, and, and horrid this was. But then you talk about slavery and it's like, oh man, that was 150 years ago. Y'all will be all right. Y'all got this. Y'all got that. You good. It wasn't that deep. And people tend to forget we were enslaved for hundreds of years. Whereas with the Holocaust, it was a shorter period of time, mm-hmm. just as tra- tragic, but they, that, that dismissive thing when it comes to us hurts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it hurts. I... As for those, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, because sometimes I just want to shake people. I'm like, you sound so stupid right now. So um, we're going to never forget that, but then you want me to get over this. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you when I'll get over it. When you give me my reparations. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then, yes. Then I might consider, oh, I was about to say something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not negative, but it was just going to be like, it's going to be more like Nietzsche. <laughs> but no, go ahead. I, I was gonna Before say, I go off on a tangent. I, um, <laughs> I already did. Well, yeah, we have so many things to like loop back to. I'm going to start with the compare, not comparison, but the, the demonstration you just gave. And mm-hmm. I think that one is something I've really been struggling with as well. There was recently a um, survivors of the Holocaust photos displayed mm-hmm. along the National Mall. And mm-hmm. it, it, it did, of course, evoke an emotional response and... In that moment, it became so evidently clear to me that these people were white passing. You couldn't ignore the hundreds of white faces. And I, I also couldn't help but feel like this is only here because they're white passing. And what about what happened in Rwanda? What about what happened in South Africa? Mm-hmm after the Holocaust mm-hmm. and mirrored slavery. Like the government of South Africa studied US slavery and segregation to understand how to implement it the apartheid. Mm-hmm. Like what about what happened in India during the partition where Pakistan and then later Bangladesh became countries? All of these things happened to people of color, yet we don't pay attention, but many more lives were lost. And I, I say this not to say we shouldn't care about people who are white, but to say we need to have... Equal footing. Equal footing, but also like an understanding of the foundation in which we're upset. Are we upset because there were human atrocities? Then we need to apply that across the board. Are we upset because it's people who look like us? Then we need to be honest about that. Um, are we upset because we're afraid it could have happened to us? Then we need to be honest about that. That's and I right. think that's what's so heartbreaking in the conversation is like we can't even have a real 
conversation if it's rooted in fear of your own safety then let's talk about that like that's some real deep shit and that we need to talk about but on the flip side like i told you before i think we talked about this more in private one of the things i hate now about our generation and our society is that people try to people get so upset with you asking questions you know and and, and that's uh real you know, to some degree, because some people are just asking questions and they're really ignorant and not really trying to understand what you're coming from. They're just kind of being an asshole about it. But then you have the instances where people really want to understand where you're coming from, how you're going, you know, how you're feeling about those things. And you get, you, they make it so hard for you to continue to ask those questions. Like there's a lot of questions I've always wanted to ask. And I just have taken the initiative to try to find out more about it on my own. We talked about this, but most people don't have that initiative. Most people don't have that access. Most people don't have that thought process. And I'm also one of those people like, if you're right here next to me, why can't I just ask you this now versus having to go and look this information up later if this is something that affects and applies to you? But one of the things that you said kind of triggered me, in a, and not in a bad way, but just kind of thought put something in my mind. Another thing in, in correlation to all this when we talk about how the atrocities of those of lighter complexion versus well non-people of color versus people of color are always acknowledged and they're apologized for and they're brought into the light and they've and you know people are so proud about overcoming these things versus you know putting that same type of support and love behind the atrocities that happen to people of color Mm -hmm. look at america for example you have all these people coming in um from in ellis island and we're talking european Irish, Italian, Spanish, um, and other ethnicities. And the ones of non-color, almost white, look white, assist or can be considered white, their process to coming here and becoming something and making something of themselves is contributed to the American dream and perseverance and and being something and learning how to survive through anything and making it up. Even on top of how the Irish were treated when they were first when they first came here, how the Italian were treated when they first came here. But then you have people who come from places of color such as Mexico and Africa and the Caribbean. And there, it's not that these people are choosing the American dream. It's, oh, they just want to leech off us. They don't belong here. They just want to suck from us. You see the difference in the mentality mm-hmm. from two mm-hmm. pe- groups of people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're leaving their country. They're probably fleeing for something just like you had people flee from the European regions when things were going crazy over there, whether it was a war, just like when we were just talking about how the Holocaust, you had Jewish people who were getting, who were you know, blessed enough to get out of there with the assistance of others or on their own and get to America, you know, but we don't talk about them in a negative light. It's more of, oh, they survived, they made it, they got over here. But the minute it's the same issue with someone of color or a group of color, it's all this negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very purposeful in order to divide society. And, and- of course. Something you said just now about you don't belong here is really the message given to people of color. When this is, I wanted to go back to this as well, and what you originally said is that go back to where you came from doesn't apply to people who were enslaved. Oh, no. Like that absolutely, absolutely. doesn't apply. But also, like, 
the issue I have with Memorial Day and Juneteenth mm-hmm. is like pretty much every other holiday to celebrate our country doesn't acknowledge the mass genocide that we committed against Native Americans. Mm -mm. It is a celebration of freedom for a country that we don't belong on, that we raped and pillaged people to gain access to this land. And I I don't even know how to reconcile that. I don't even know where to begin reconciling that. I mean, the first start is the only Christopher you should ever acknowledge is Wallace. (laughs) that's the first step Mm -hmm. Um, the second step honestly is I think the first thing we as a country should do is when it comes to that day in October that shall not be named Uh what do our friends call it indigenous rights day happy indigenous day that's Uh what they call it I think that's the first thing we should do we should really push forward with putting these um putting the Native American culture into perspective of of American culture, you know, not separating it and adding it to that tree of inclusiveness that we're somewhat building. The Mm -hmm. roots are there, but the tree is just picking up above the soil Mm -hmm. and people keep trying to push soil around it to hide it. Mm -hmm. But it's still there. I think that they need to be a part of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like we do have a Native American month. Do we? No. We got a month for everything. There is a Native American heritage month. And what I don't like, and and it's similar for people of color too. Everything I know about Native Americans I learned from my parents being that I have a, a grandparent who is truly a part of Native American culture. Like actually has it as a part of his birthright. Um, is registered in the state as being a part of American Native American um, history and family. So he's completely a part of it. So every the little things I know about them was between him and my family on that side who were affiliated, who knew some things about it. And it's quite interesting because you would think that with all the Native Americans and I guess you could say black Americans went through, African Americans mm-hmm, went through, mm-hmm. we would be more united in these type of causes. And it's sad that we're so divided now when there was a very strong time period, especially in reference to Juneteenth, after that time period, how Native Americans really assisted African Americans with growth mm-hmm. in themselves, especially in the Southwestern states. Mm-hmm. Like that's a known fact, you know. We had black cowboys and um, our farmers who went out that way. Got a lot of assistance and knowledge from Native Americans who were out there, or they got asylum or were accepted into those Native American communities that were out there. Mm-hmm. So you would think that there would be more of a commitment to support of one another. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying that like that divide of who belongs, who doesn't belong, who was here first, who wasn't here first and stuff like that. And who belongs to who gets the right to celebrate when we celebrate this country? What are we actually celebrating? And that's why I think our default should be very much so very much focused on if we can't have a time that we celebrate everything and everyone, Mm -hmm. we should be more passionate about 
selling celebrating everyone throughout the year mm-hmm. if that makes sense while i'm not about separation i don't think separation is a good look mm-hmm. um that's just me personally there's a lot of things reasons why i have an issue with separation and um not being connected to other communities and cultures just for the just for the basic issue of your own development and knowledge of how things expand in the world mm-hmm. but i don't think that there's a day that all of us can celebrate together mm-hmm. and be proud of together but i do think there mm-hmm. are individual days mm-hmm. that we can put the same amount of support into Mm-hmm. an acknowledgement into where we all can celebrate one another culturally and as a country mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think what you're saying is a really good point that there there isn't going to be one day um, but there has to be an acknowledgement mm-hmm. and, and sort of a changing a cultural shift for example that day in October that we're in many states is being rebranded as Indigenous Rights Day. I think that's a great start. Um, And I... I, It's not going to get us where we want to, of course. I mean, another great thing I would love to see is maybe even the acknowledgement of the the contributions of Indigenous people, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Absolutely. Without them... None of you whack people who landed on the rock would have survived. Okay? No. <laughs> so it's like, we, just like you sit here and you acknowledge your forefathers of the building of this country, you should acknowledge the four founders of this country, the true people who founded America at the end of the day. And it wasn't, I, I would have mm-hmm. found out what America was called to them before it was America. That's what I really want. Well, it wasn't one thing. There were multiple nations. There's a really great map that the uh, yeah, I've seen on NPR. Yeah, I've seen that it. was like the link or the land before. Yeah, I think you showed it to me actually. Um, mm-hmm. I did. Um, because I was showing you where. Yeah, my, I think my father's family was from. That's right. But bringing it into modern example as well, like I've been learning through my work a lot more about. Um, Indian country and different food ways and like movements to bring back um, cultural foods for people who want to follow a cultural diet <laughs> and one of the tribal communities that I've been um, working with and have the honor of learning from uh, I learned that like southern food what we think of as southern food and southern barbecue specifically comes from tribal communities that were in the south that makes sense though uh-huh. and then other southern foods that you can't that aren't easily attributable to um the few native communities um in the south come from people who were enslaved and see here's my thing because like in my head naturally right off the bat I'm pretty sure cornbread came from Native Americans and they taught people who were enslaved mm-hmm. how to make cornbread. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just think about that. All was the actually facts one of the examples. And one of these. Another thing is, I'm pretty sure Native Americans taught enslaved people or just people in general who they came across how to stew in a pot over an open, you know, over a fire. Like, I just feel like that was their thing. They're known for 
curating meat and dealing with meat and 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 eating off the land, and preserving it. Yeah. Yes. So you, I, I just can't believe that it wouldn't come from them for us to even get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I that I makes agree. perfect sense. It, I, and I think I don't feel like we've come to any closure, but have had a really good conversation about the way we celebrate holidays. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Intersections of Friendship. This is Niti again, and we enjoy sharing this experience with you. In between episodes, you can connect with us via Twitter or Instagram at underscore X friendship underscore. Additionally, you can email us at intersectionsoffriendship at gmail.com with any of your questions or comments. You never know, maybe something you share may end up on the podcast. Until next time, Here's hoping you have an amazing day and we look forward to having you again.